This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, and my guest today is Art Geyser, who's the creator of Energetic NLP. He's an internationally renowned executive coach, NLP trainer, intuitive, and healer. Energetic NLP is a unique synthesis of NLP, spiritual principles, intuition development, and transformative energy work. Art's unique and diverse background includes NLP, spirituality, executive coaching, transformative and healing energy work, and intuition development. He managed a medical research lab for the University of California, San Francisco, and works with Fortune 100 companies to develop exceptional leaders and teams. Art's mission is to free people from energetic and unconscious programming and open up their miraculous abilities so that they can live happier, more successful lives. So welcome, Art. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I really appreciate that. So can you tell us what, um, first of all, the principles that I talk about most often in this podcast are resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, which is what the ROAR stands for. And how does what you do um, kind of mesh with that? It uh, meshes with every part of that. Um, uh, the, in terms of the resilience, and we can go into any of them in depth, but, um, but uh, were your listeners, um, and I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and you've had great guests, um, uh, and a lot of people are taking a lot of different approaches, and I hope today to add a couple of things that most people don't think about, and it will affect their resilience, their optimism, uh, accountability, and um, uh, what am I leaving resourcefulness. out? <laughs> resourcefulness, yes. Yes, well, wonderful. Yes. It's funny to be unresourceful for resourcefulness, <laughs> but... <laughs> That's okay. So, um, you know, people throw acronyms around all the time or, or you know, like the, the little three-letter right. things. So can you say, tell us what exactly is NLP? NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and most of us have always wished they would have picked a different name. And <laughs> it was, I, I was really fortunate that I stayed with all the developers in the field, and one of them became my mentor. Um, but the, the people who started NLP, the question that they were curious about, and particularly years ago, therapy, people thought of therapy having to take years. There's an old Woody Allen movie where he's talking to a woman and he goes, well, I've only been in therapy 12 years. Right. And a lot of the old systems, they believed that you had to spend you know, an agonizing amount of time on insight and that somehow insight was going to change all your problems. And uh, and I, I'm not putting that down. They, they did some wonderful work. But the people who started NLP went, well, how come they, they knew of six or so therapists who got magical rapid results with people? So mm -hmm. they got really curious about what were they doing that was different. And one of them was a professor of linguistics. And in linguistics, one of the things that they look at is how do you go from language to the actual experience that people are, um, are having? So if I go, well, I stopped my car, you know I meant I put my foot on the brake. I didn't stand in front of it like Superman and stop it. You know, and so in linguistics, like how do we go from language to experience? And they have a lot of tools for that. And one of the insights they had is 
well, what if the, the real experience is somebody's inner reality and that they were going off the hypothesis that everything in our life was being created by our inner reality? And they went, if you study their language, and that includes their body language and eye movements and tonality uh, and their, their physicality, that people were giving you clues to how their inner reality was organized. And that was one of the initial ideas that they had, and they developed that into a whole system where people could make really rapid uh, personal changes. And they rapidly discovered that it wasn't just about therapy, that you could use it for skills transference. So let's say somebody was good at writing or somebody was good at resilience. One of the things that they realized is like a person who's resilient, what goes on inside of them that makes them resilient? And then how would you teach somebody else to do that? Rather than thinking, oh, it must be genetic or you're stuck with it. And they did that from everything from spelling to, um, to things like resilience or being creative. And they looked at the mental patterns, both that block people and that uh, enable people. And NLP is, is incredible at changing limiting beliefs and, uh, and a lot of different things. It's a very powerful system. But like any system, it has its limitations. <laughs> and what I, about the same time back in the, I uh, started studying NLP back in 83, and um, which I can't believe myself at this point. <laughs> Showing your age. <laughs> I think I do show my No. <laughs> um, but at the same time, uh, I started studying psychic development and healing and, and energy work and spirituality. Actually, I started studying that even earlier. But then I started studying it quite intensely, in, or intensively, I should say, in what I realized is when you put them together, when you put together spiritual principles, NLP, um, the ability to work with transformative energies and spiritual principles, that you, it, it was like one plus one plus one equal a thousand. And that together they were much more powerful than any system uh, by themselves. And that was the beginning of, of energetic NLP. Yes, um, I appreciate that you you said that. Many times people will try just one modality all by itself, and they go, "Oh, that doesn't work for me." Right. Yeah. But, but it does when it's combined with something else, and um, because we all work differently, we can't just say, "You know, here's the pie. You only get this piece, and it's going to heal you." It's like it doesn't work that way because we're all so different and what we need is different. So I really appreciate that you've combined all of these things together to make them so that you're more successful. So with um, neuro-linguistic programming, um, what if an individual is nonverbal? Can they still do it? Nonverbal like mute or? Mute or artistic, yes. Oh, yeah, there are people that um, I don't have much personal experience with that, but there are people who use NLP with autism and because um, there's a lot of ways that people reveal how their thought processes are. I mean, if you put a child in a room, what are they looking at? What are they paying attention to? What are they responding? What do they do with the stimuli that happen? And so they're, um, yeah, so you can do it non-verbally. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that um, because words are only a very small portion actually of how we communicate with other people that this right. is still effective because it's the other kinds of languages that we use while we're speaking. In fact, there's a fun NLP process um, that people listening might want to try with, with 
it's a great thing to do with a, a friend or a romantic partner. Um, you take a walk. And for the first part of the walk, all you do is you, you look at whatever the other person's looking at. You don't talk at all. And then at some point you switch. And it's really amazing. You, you realize that they're having a whole different experience than you are. And your experience shifts when you start looking at what they're looking at. And, and if they're lingering at something, doing the same thing. And um, it, 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 so that's, that's one nonverbal way that, to start understanding the, an experience another person's having. Mm-hmm. So how would you use um, NLP, energetic NLP in, in uh, a day-to-day setting? Because obviously if, if somebody has a session with you, that's a one-time thing. But how can they take it and use it on a daily basis? What benefits would it have? Well, and, and I, I do want to say that I, um, uh, the people who study energetic NLP, we, we have support communities. They work with one another. And, well, I've done plenty of one-time work with people, and, and, and that can change people's lives. I really do believe in ongoing support. Um, I just wanted to mention that. But um, um, one of the things about my orientation to, to spirituality is that I'm always interested in, in how it relates to people's practical day-to-day, minute-by-minute lives. So everything in energetic NLP is designed both to, to further your personal spiritual growth but it is also to have real-world effects. And um, a lot of spiritual systems are more transcendent. They're about removing yourself from life. We're taking spirituality and bringing the vast spiritual being we are into everything in our lives. So, so it's the big framework. Um, and then how people would use it. Well, let's take resilience, for example. There's a lot of different, very valuable approaches to resilience. Something that people typically haven't looked at are things like, um, uh, so, so most people know, okay, that to look at unconscious processes and changing their thinking and deliberately having new habits and doing gratitude lists, you know, and there's a lot of things that can really help. Um, in energetic NLP, we would also look at what's the energetic programming that's in your energy field? Because we don't just have unconscious programming, we have energetic programming. And sometimes... That sounds weird to people. Like, how could we, how could energy have thoughts or emotions or programming in it? And the fact is, the only way we ever can communicate any kind of information is through energy. Mm-hmm. So, right now, you and I are communicating through the internet when people are listening later. Even if we were in the same room, our mouths and tongues and lips are vibrating molecules in the air that hit people's eardrums and get transferred into electrochemical signals. So, Ever since people were in their womb, in the mother's womb, they've been absorbing other people's energies, and they've been absorbing programming and thoughts and, and limitations and beliefs. And it, it's even a little worse than that because the people aren't aware of it. But our, any parent, they've been programmed to program their children mm-hmm. you know, on an energetic level. They, you know, very few parents know they're doing it. A few do. But most of them, but they're doing it. And the programming isn't just coming from them. It's coming from their parents and their parents' parents and their parents' parents' parents. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a great deal of ancestral programming. And that can incredibly affect your your optimism, your resilience, your accountability, your resourcefulness. So one of the reasons I got interested in this is I would find people at times that 
I could do something with NLP with them or some other kind of process. And with some people, all they needed to know is how to think differently or, or we could change the limiting belief. But with other people, that would help a little bit. And if they u- really used a lot of willpower, you know, they could make it happen for a while. But what they didn't realize is they had all this energetic programming that was getting in the way of it, that was blocking it, that was giving mixed messages. So in energetic NLP, we, we would look at unconscious programming, but also what's the energetic programming that might be blocking them? What's the uh, karma that could be blocking them? What are spiritual contracts that could be blocking them? Because uh, I find there's just so many wonderful people and who've done a lot of personal development work and spiritual work, and they're frustrated at themselves because they go, well, why isn't this working for me? Or why does this work? Maybe in, with my relationships, but not with my work. Or maybe it works with my work, but not with my family or my relationships. And very, very often, the problem is on a spiritual, energetic level. And all they can do using other kinds of processes is they can try to cope with it and make it better. But it's always going to be a huge effort of will, which usually peters out at some point. Yes, the multi-generational trauma is just... Uh... People don't think about that because, you know, yeah. your ancestors are deceased in most cases. Sure. And so how could they possibly have anything to do with what's going on in your life? And it, I find it so interesting that, you know, everybody's really okay with the fact that I inherited my mm-hmm. green eyes from my Irish ancestors. They're okay with that. But if I talk about, yeah, I also inherited a whole bunch of other garbage from my ancestors on an energetic level, they, they don't buy into that. And mm-hmm. I, it's the same DNA. It's the same DNA that gave me my green eyes, that, that gave me all this other stuff too. So, um, so does NLP, the way you do it, the energetic NLP, mm-hmm. does that help turn the switches on, in the DNA on and off? Is it well, something that you find that does that? Well, first, uh, DNA is only part of the story. Some of it is just purely energetic that gets okay. passed down. Uh, and it very directly works on that. But I know you're familiar with the term epigenetics. And yes. um, in fact, the research I did for the University of California involved epigenetics. So at the time, we weren't using that term. Um, it would have made it more interesting to me if I'd have thought of it that way. But, uh-huh. but cell receptors to, that mediate a lot of the effects in the body <clears throat> can be turned on and off. And um, in a lot of people believe, and I don't think anybody's ever scientifically proved this, that, that energetically and, and, and through mental and energetic techniques, you can actually shift portions of your DNA. And I think that's true. I can't prove it. But I'm absolutely sure you can affect the epigenetics and, uh, and that you can release this ancestral trauma and beliefs and programming. Because a lot of it's from trauma. Energetically, a lot of it are just things that they believe that um, uh, that fit their time and place, and and you know doesn't fit our play time and place. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the short answer is yes. Energetic NLP can can vastly affect energetic uh, ancestral influences. Yeah, well, when you think about it, you know, if if something happened to my grandmother when she was pregnant with my mother, I got it. Mm-hmm. because of because my mother in the womb had i was already the egg i was already there so it you know epigenetically we can we can track backwards and see all that and mm-hmm. so it's um 
it is very interesting because I liked how you said it, the beliefs maybe that they, in the time that they grew up in, because my great grandmother's life spanned the horse and buggy days to mm -hmm. the into outer space days. And those were, um, you know, total mind shifts that a person would have to have between, you know, you saddle up the horses in order to go where you're going to these people just got on a rocket ship and went off to the moon. Mm -hmm. so, um, the well, and for my ancestors, um, you didn't want to show up. If you showed up, you could get attacked. So, okay. yeah. you know, so, um, you know, and of course you and I are doing work in the, in public you know, and, and right. our, our work depends on us showing up. So I, I know for me, I had to clear a lot of the programming out that, um, that it wasn't safe to do that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because it was life threatening to your ancestors to be seen. Exactly. So now here you are standing up on stages and talking to people. <laughs> So that's not exactly the safe place to be, Art. <laughs> well, the funny thing for, and I think a lot of the people listening can relate to this, you know, through much of human history, being different was dangerous. You know, you could be burned at the stake as a witch or all mm -hmm. this stuff. Nowadays, uh, in the Western world, being different gets you rich and famous. Uh -huh. you know, <laughs> makes you a YouTube star at, at the age of 15, you know. Yes, yes, exactly. So you talk about something called whole being permission. What is that? And why is it critical to our success and happiness? Yeah, that's a concept, as far as I know, is unique to energetic NLP, at least in the, in the way that we do it. And the, <laughs> the way I first started noticing it, I was working with a woman back, I think, in the 90s, early 90s, and uh, very intelligent, big-hearted, very attractive. I mean, it, you know, just a, a really wonderful person on all levels. And having, and she was having trouble having the kind of relationship, a long-term relationship with the man that she wanted. I mean, she could get boyfriends. And, and they weren't that they were bad guys, but it just never worked out long-term. And I was working with her, and all of a sudden, I started getting messages from her soul that it didn't want that. Hmm. Her soul did not want her to have a long-term relationship. It wanted her to be independent. And her soul believed that uh, in order for her to be independent, she had to not have that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. So even though it didn't matter if she visualized what she wanted and do it, all the, everything else right, her soul kept trying to, to um, not sabotage her, but tried to, to save her by keeping her from having that kind of long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. and so we discovered, we started looking at what are the different aspects of a person and if they're in alignment or not alignment, and when they're not in alignment, either you don't manifest something or you manifest it and it goes away. And the, the different aspects that we looked at initially um, are a person's spirit, a person's soul, their conscious mind, their unconscious mind, and their body. And, we, and then we started adding in karma and what are called spiritual contracts. And I'm sure some of the people listening are, are going, well, what's the difference between your individual spirit and your individual soul. And a, a lot of spiritual systems, and even in the Bible, they make a distinction between a person's spirit and soul. Unfortunately, people use the terms to mean the opposite things, and they define them differently. So uh, I want to be clear with people listening. I'm not saying the way that I'm going to define it is some kind of ultimate definition, but this is the way we look at it. So if you think of, okay, you have your physical self, and then you have your energy self that's in and around you. And what 
what we call the soul is lower frequencies of your non-physical self. And I don't mean lower like inferior or bad, just literally lower frequencies. Mm -hmm. So your, your body is much lower frequencies. Your energy body gets to be higher frequencies. And the part of yourself that's non-physical but still not that far removed from physicality is what we're calling the soul. And you're, when you define the soul that way, the soul is, is sort of a click above our personality. It, you know, it, it has fears, it has wants, it has desires. If you believe in past lives, it has, oh God, I don't want that to happen again. Um, you know, it, it's very intimately connected to this life and, and other existences that we've had. And I, I used to wonder when people talk about repairing damaged souls and think, well, a soul can't be damaged. But then I realized they were talking about what I would now call the soul, too. When you go to higher frequencies than that, that's what we're calling your spirit. And it has a whole range of higher frequencies. And your spirit is very involved with your human lifetime, but it has the vast perspective. It, it sees the big picture. And your spirit, it's kind of like the perfect parent. To, to a large extent, it'll go whatever you want, dear. You want to struggle financially, it'll go, well, that's a valid spiritual path. You want to have abundance, well, that's valid too. You want to have uh, good health, okay. You want to learn through disease, like, well, all right. You know, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it has limits, but, 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 but it sees so many things as valid spiritual choices. And again, it's not because it doesn't care, but it's again like this perfect parent going, it's your life, you know, you can, you can live it as you choose. Where your soul, again, uh, um, has fears and almost like something like, like unconscious programming. So what we began to discover is that very often a person's spirit either wanted one thing or was open to a lot of different things. Their soul wanted something else. Their conscious mind might want something different than their soul. And it, you know how sometimes when you consciously want two different things or three different things? Mm -hmm. So even just in your conscious mind, you could be wanting different things. Your unconscious mind, an energetic NLP, uh, sorry, an NLP, they, we talk about the unconscious mind having parts. And that came from people saying things like, well, part of me wants this, part of me doesn't. Part of me wants the security of a job. Part of me wants to start my own business. Part of me wants freedom. Part of me wants a long-term relationship. And um, so your unconscious mind has, can have various different agendas going on. And then your body has its own agenda. And, and then whole, all of that is inside your karmic situation and what are called spiritual contracts, which are agreements that you've made on the level of your soul or your spirit. So what we began to discover is that it's people would go like, well, I keep visualizing what I want and I'm doing the right things and da-da-da, but, but it works in this area of my life and it doesn't work in this other area of my life. And what we would discover where it didn't work, usually it was because they didn't have whole being permission. Part of their being didn't want it. And so it was a lot like they were going into an fantastic restaurant and the waiter comes up and they go, I'd like a steak. No, no, I, I'd like a vegan dinner. No, I'd like a salad. No, I'd like, and the waiter's standing there going, well, when you make up your mind, I'll, I'll bring it to you. And, right. and a lot of people that times, that's our relationship to the universe our spirit, our soul, our conscious mind, our unconscious mind, our body, 
are, are doing different orders. And then we go, why isn't it happening? Mm-hmm. Where, where they're lined up, things tend to go much more smoothly. But even when they're lined up, if there's karma in the way of spiritual contracts, then they need to, and to be worked with. And the, the good news is all of those things can be changed and worked with. And the goal in energetic NLP is to have whole being alignment and whole being permission to create a, a miraculous life. Mm, that's wonderful. Um, I appreciate the depth in which you explained that. I think that that will be really very helpful, helpful to people. We need to take a break right here. So please come back as we continue our conversation with Art Geyser, who is the creator of Energetic NLP. And we'll be right back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and I'm interviewing Art Geyser, who's the creator of Energetic NLP and is an internationally renowned executive coach, NLP trainer, intuitive, and healer. So I had a question about um, intuition development. Why is Mm -hmm. that important? Oh, um... So one of the goals for, I think, a lot of people listening, and definitely it's a goal in energetic NLP, is that people have more authenticity. And you can't be authentic when you have unconscious programming and energetic programming um, skewing what you, what you want. So a lot of times people, they'll come and say they want a certain thing and, and we'll do an energy clearing, and all of a sudden what they want changes. And when it changes... It, it feels really good to them. I remember once working with this 16-year-old boy, and um, uh, he originally came, his mother came in, um, his mother brought him in for a different reason, and, um, and he goes, there's something that's bothering me, though, and I go, what? And he goes, I don't know why I like what I like. And I, I smiled and went, tell me more. And he goes, and, and this was many years ago when uh, a lot of the, the rock singers and stuff look emaciated. They look like they got out of a concentration. They call it the heroin look. And, right. um, and he goes, he goes, I don't know why I like rock singers who look like that. And, and there's foods I eat and I, I, I want them, but I don't think I really want them. And, and there's clothing that I like it, but I don't think I really like it. And he goes, mm-hmm. I don't understand. And I went, well, you've got all this energetic programming from other teenagers in your space telling you what to want. And mm-hmm. I go, well, actually, the first thing I said, I'm really impressed. You know, I, I was in my 30s before I noticed what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I went, if you want, we can get those energies out of your energy field. 
and he goes, well, what will happen if I do that? And I go, well, you'll still be a teenager. You can still hang out with your friends, but you'll always know what you actually want. And I worked with him and then talked to him a couple of weeks later. And he goes, my tastes and everything have changed, but it feels right now. I feel like me. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you clear the energetic programming, energy from other people out of your energy field, you start being able to, to get authentic because you know what you can, you can tap into your actual intuition. You can tap into your wisdom. You can tap into your spirit. And in energetic NLP, one of our big goals, and particularly in the training programs, is that people more and more are guided by their inner wisdom and guided by their spirit. Mm-hmm. And that, um, but it's hard to do that when you're getting all these mixed messages. And, you know, because of psychology and, and because of traditional NLP, people tend to think that everything that's in their head is their own thought and everything they feel is their own emotion. And it turns out that um, a great deal of what people feel is not even really their emotion. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I would say to anybody listening that any emotional state that they have that they have problems with, they either have it too often or they don't handle it well, um, you know, anything. So like, in energetic on people, we'd say all emotions are good emotions, but when when you're having them, when when you should have them, and so anxiety is a perfectly good emotion. But there's some people that have anxiety all the time, mm-hmm. and that's because they have other people's anxiety energy in their space, and they can do all this therapy and work, and they can handle it better, but they never really heal it because it's not their issue, it's not their problem. Mm-hmm. When they learn how to clear that energy, then all of a sudden have their authentic emotions and it um and so how all this relates to intuition is when you're clearing other people's emotions and thoughts out of your space yeah it, it's like now the, the vessel is clear to pick up the information from your own inner wisdom from your own spirit mm-hmm. yeah that's great so um so what is your purpose and mission well, what are you all about um I, I want life to be more fun for everybody. And, and when I say that, I don't mean I'm trying to get rid of challenges and problems. I mean, that's part of being a human being. But I've always believed since I was young that, the, that life has this potential to be a much more enjoyable experience, <laughs> even when it's challenging. And, um, and you know, if you, if you look at somebody like the Dalai Lama, I mean, he's somebody who has in many ways, a really terrible life. He, he can't go back to his own country. The whole Tibetan culture is being destroyed. He, he works with refugees all the time. And yet he giggles all the time. And he writes books on happiness because he can connect with spiritual joy, which is independent of what's going on. So part of my mission, well, my, my mission is to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. help people have happier, more successful lives, help people to treat each other better. And I want people to feel more empowered. And my favorite thing to do is to help people open their miraculous abilities because everybody has the ability to work with earth and universal energies. Uh, everybody has the ability to do miracles. It's not everybody's path, and, and a lot of people aren't interested in it. But for anybody who is interested in it, it it's totally available. And it kind of it makes me crazy that uh, – there's this belief out there that certain people were born with gifts. That, you know, these 
and has psychic gifts and healing gifts and spiritual gifts that other people weren't born with. In my experiences, that's not true at all, that everybody was born with those gifts. And, but that we've all been programmed not to use it. So for people that, so my, my greatest joy and mission is helping people open up these miraculous abilities, or if they've already opened them up, show them that they can take it much, much further than they ever thought they could. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we all do have gifts. And a lot of times uh, we sometimes abandon those gifts in order to be in a relationship with somebody or mm-hmm. because it makes somebody else uncomfortable. And um, unfortunately, gifts of the spirit oftentimes make us look like we are a little bit odd. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> well, and, and it's like, even as children, um, a lot of children are very intuitive early on. And it's very understandable that you know, parents don't want their kids to see them as they really are. You know, they want the kid to feel safe. They, you know, if, if a parent's really anxious all the time, you want your kid to feel safe. You don't want them to know how afraid you are or this or that. So we're constantly sending out energetic messages to children to see things as we're telling them they are, not as they really are. Mm-hmm. And to not and to shut down their intuition, and uh, almost all societies are uh, authoritarian, uh, or they're authority based, and so we're being programmed. You know, don't believe your own intuition and truth. Believe what we tell you. And I, I don't think that's bad or wrong. I think it's part of the human condition. I think it's this phenomenal opportunity that is available to a lot of people nowadays to go. Well, okay, I'm a grown up now. I can open up my thinking and and I want to know my truth uh, not somebody else's truth mm-hmm. yes so you talk about and you write about spiritual cages what are those and how can somebody be released from them well, spiritual the the, uh, the biggest spiritual cage is, are, are, is somebody's karma and um, uh, in karma uh, there's different versions of what karma is, and, and the version that I use is what the Dalai Lama teaches, that, that karma is just the law of cause and effect, that everything you've done and thought ripples through time. And if you believe in past lives, then we're also being influenced by, you know, all kinds of other lives, and, and there can be family karma. And karma, um, according to the Dalai Lama, is nothing to do with reward or punishment, which is the way people popularly talk about karma like oh something bad happened you know i must have bad karma something good happened i'm being rewarded and and there are versions of karma like that but with the dalai lama it's just cause and effect and so we have these waves of cause and effect that create a cage around our lives about what it isn't possible so that biggest cage is by changing karma which is actually not that difficult um another uh, big set of cages come from what are called spiritual contracts that I mentioned before. And that's the idea that on the level of your spirit or your soul, you've made agreements with other people, with your family, with, with, uh, with anybody who's been at all significant in your life, you probably had spiritual contracts with, 
either from before you were born. Do you, you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Like Do you any, have a podcast you, know, you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rhondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. When you learn how to change uh, spiritual contracts, again, you're opening up to more and more possibilities and potential in your life. And then other cages people are familiar with, you know, unconscious programming, traumas, uh, other cages, again, that people are less familiar with are the energetic programming and traumas. Mm, okay. So um, when you say, you say that a person's thoughts and negative emotions aren't really theirs, you touched a bit, you touched a bit up on that. <clears throat> are they, um, we pick them up from the people that we're around all the time. Because, you know, you can walk into a room where right. two people have been having an argument and even though they're not talking to each other, you know that something is wrong between them. Um, but we also pick up emotions, leftover emotions and leftover um, things from our ancestors as well. So how does NLP, energetic NLP, help somebody clear all that out? If you don't know it's there, like I don't know that I am having somebody else's emotions are, are causing problems for me, and I don't know that, how can you clear that? It's a fantastic question. And um, in energetic NLP, we have a term we call it your miraculous self. Okay. And your miraculous self, and, and often people want to go, oh, your high self. This is something completely, it's a unique concept. Your miraculous self is when your spirit and your inner human wisdom are aligned and working together, which for most people, they're not. And for most people, their miraculous self is kind of like this flabby muscle they've never used in their life or rarely is. Um, so in every energetic NLP process, so like when I work with a group or an individual, everybody is putting their own miraculous self in charge of what happens for them. So your spirit and your inner human wisdom can figure out what is or isn't your emotional energy. And so you don't have to consciously figure it out at all. You turn it over to your miraculous self to figure it out. Um, and then there, there's actually very simple processes you do once your miraculous self is charged to start clearing other people's energy. The thing that can make it tricky is there's a principle in a lot of energy systems that you're the sovereign of your energy field. You're the queen or the king of your energy field. Um, and that, a lot of people talk about energy vampires and stuff, and I understand why they look at it that way, but we look at it differently. So for somebody's energy to stay in my energy field, it has to hook into something of mine, which could be an unconscious belief. It could be karma. It could be contract. It has to hook into something. Otherwise, it'll just pass through me. So if there's somebody else's uh, emotional energy in my space that's bothering me, what I do is I get my miraculous self to start figuring out what is it hooked into. And then we start clearing and healing what it's hooked into. Once that happens, not only do you clear the energy, but you get the huge shifts from, from whatever that healing did. It's similar if you've ever weeded a garden. If you just, a lot of times when people with energy, they do the equivalent of they pull off the top of the weed, but they leave the roots. So it grows back. Well, 
I used to get energy healings from people back in the 80s and they'd clear my energy and I'd feel better. And a week later, I'd be exactly where I was mm -hmm. because they didn't, it wasn't that they weren't capable of, they didn't know how to go, what was that energy hooked into? Mm -hmm. So um, in our processes, people put their miraculous self in charge, the miraculous self figures out what's it hooked into. And then we use earth and universal energies or sometimes an NLP technique or other techniques to heal and dissolve whatever the belief or the programming is. And as that's healed and dissolved, then you can clear the energy, but you also, then um, your miraculous self replaces whatever the belief or programming was with, with your inner wisdom or your spiritual information, which is always an upgrade from what it was. Mm -hmm. And so how do you discover what this who this miraculous self is? Uh, in, in, and the great thing is you don't have to discover it. You, you have to allow it. Okay. So what, what people learn to do, and I can take people through a little process now to begin it, is you start giving permission for it to form and give it permission to, to, uh, to work with you. And over time, as you do that, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And about how long does that process take? The one that, uh, that you could take us through. Um, I think about ten minutes. I could I could do it shorter if it needs to be shorter. No, I just just keeping track of the time. Yeah. It sounds like that'd be a really cool thing to be able to take yeah. us through. So, um, so what are some of the key techniques of energetic NLP? Um, the, the categories of them. So some of them are changing unconscious programming, limiting beliefs. Uh, there's a lot about different ways to clear energies. There's techniques to open up a person's ability, their intuitions, their psychic abilities, and their healing abilities, their ability to heal and transform themselves and other people, both in person and remotely. And we emphasize remote energy work in, in energetic NLP a great deal because it, you know, if you have to be in the same room with somebody, Everybody's busy, and, and it's hard to do that. We, we have energetic NLP practitioners all over the world who, like, when something's up in their lives, they, they go on the Internet or they call each other up, and they work on each other's energy, even if they're thousands of miles apart, because it's, um, it, it's actually easy to do remote work. So um, that's one of the really fun fundamental things is how to do all of this remotely. People learn how to work with karma, how to work with spiritual contracts, uh, they, uh, all of the things that I've mentioned, really. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, what what caused you to want to learn about NLP in the first place? And then, why did you create energetic NLP? Um, I'm, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a scientist when I grew up. I was, my father was one of the early computer guys, I mean, mainframe computer guys. And, um, uh, and I love science and logic. And um, uh, let's see, that was my dream to grow up to be a scientist. But I was also always fascinated by the mystical and the spiritual. And, and even at a young age, I knew that extrasensory perception was real. I, I knew that a lot of these things were real. I didn't know how to do them. But I just somehow intuitively knew all of that was real. And I didn't have a problem being both having a scientific orientation and, and a mystical orientation. And as, as you probably know, there's lots of Nobel Prize winning scientists who have both. So, you know, the, the belief that, you know, that the public has that it's one or the other is, is, is nonsense. Um, 
and I was a really adventuresome person. And I graduated from college and um, had a degree in biology. And I realized by the end of it that that, that really wasn't my path, but I, I had no sense of what my path was. And I had this belief that something was going to appear one day. It was just going to appear out of nowhere. And, but, but there was nothing really calling to me. Uh, I mean, I was interested in everything, but there was nothing I wanted to focus on. But I thought, well, I have a degree in biology. And um, uh, I applied for a research job at the University of California Medical School in San Francisco, which is one of the top health science research institutions in the world. And miraculously, I, I got a job. I mean, it, it, was, it was a total miracle that somebody hired me. And I ended up managing a, a research lab for 11 years. And I knew I didn't belong there, but I, I, I just didn't, you know, this thing that I thought was going to appear hadn't appeared yet. And I kept thinking, is there something wrong with me? Or maybe I'm lying to myself. And why can't I figure out what I want? And um, now I, I look back and, and, and somebody trained in NLP or energetic NLP could have got me unstuck in a couple of sessions. But, um, but at the time, I, it, I just couldn't figure it out. And I went to a talk on intuition, and I walked outside, and, and they were selling books at a table. And I went outside uh, during a break, and there was a bulletin board with a bunch of flyers on it. And one of them said, neuro-linguistic programming. And I read the words, and it literally felt like a bolt of lightning hit the top of my head and went down my midline into the earth. It was just like, boom and um and the scientist in me was going what was that and the mystic in me was going well that was a sign what do you think it was yeah. but but I, and i walk back in i'm thinking what do i do with this and weirdly they're selling all these books on intuition but they have one nlp book which had nothing to do with intuition mm -hmm. and i thought now that's weird because i'd never even heard of it before and I, I bought the book and started reading it and it just started opening my mind to whole different realities and I had already started studying a little bit of energy work and, and psychic development. But then when I started studying NLP, it, this was in Marin County, north of San Francisco. And there were several people in the group that were, had done a lot of work with, with energy and intuition development. And some of them started teaching me and introducing me to different teachers. And I finally met a teacher named Lynn Martin and took a weekend workshop with them. And by the end of it, I, you know, I could do these amazing things. And um, and so then I kind of never looked back. But, it, but for a while, I, I was, and, and I was super blessed in both fields. I had these amazing teachers in the energy work and had ama amazing mentors in NLP. But I kept them separate for a while. And then people kept going, why are you keeping them separate? It felt like I was cheating if I did energy work when I was doing NLP and vice <laughs> versa. And then people kept going, Art, you know, who made up this rule? And I started realizing when I combined them together, then magic was happening in my own life and in my clients' lives. It just started just taking off amazingly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I'll just say also, when I started doing corporate work with um, leadership and team development, I also did the same thing. I brought the energy work in there. I just didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and in case people are wondering, everything in energetic on is permission-based, <clears throat> but you you don't have to ask them out loud. You can ask their spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if the spirit gave me permission to work with them energetically, I would. And then they'd go, gee, that was kind of magical. Or I thought that was going to be really hard. 
Right. Like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. And you said that um, you were willing to take us through uh, an yeah. interview process right now. Would you be like to do that now? I'd love to. Um, the, the first part of this, which will be real fast, will be to start people developing their miraculous self, and uh, and it's really easy to get it going. And um, uh, and then I'd like to teach people a simple way to clear energy out of their energy field. Now, there, there, there's a lot more to clearing energy than, than this process can do. But this process alone, if people did it, took five minutes twice a day and did it, it would incredibly improve their lives over time. Mm -hmm. So, and it's really, really simple. I'm, one of the things about energetic NLP, we try to make things as simple as possible without, um, you know, partially because I guess I'm type A lazy person. But, um, <laughs> Um, but, it, but I like to go, how can we make this simple and doable? So the idea of a miraculous self is you're, you're giving permission. So as a conscious being, we all have the right to make choices in our lives. And the first step is just going, I'm choosing to create a miraculous self for myself, you know, and I'm giving 100% permission for it. And a miraculous self, again, is that your inner wisdom, which is human, is it's going to start working closely with your spirit and they're going to guide you together, guide you together, nurture you and help you manifest. And the reason we want them both is, as I said before, your spirit has this vast perspective on everything, but your inner human wisdom is really connected to your minute by minute, day to day life. So when they're working together and informing each other, you're developing spiritually and personally, but you're doing in a way that makes your life happier and more successful. So, uh, oh, and I should say, if anybody's listening to this while they're driving, uh, turn it off. Um, whether you believe that I really can work with your energy from a distance or not, and whether you believe it can happen on recording, um, turn it off because I'm going to start bringing energies in for people. And if you're listening to this as a recording, if you imagine this happening right now uh, while you're uh, listening to it, the end, you'll access the energies and how that works is a whole long story but um and these energies cause you to go inward you don't want to be inward when you're driving so um and i know michelle makes these available on on the, her podcast so um if you are listening to this is a, while you're driving turn it off now so just take a couple easy deep breaths and the hardest part about energetic nlp is letting it be easy. There's only two things your conscious mind has to do, or three things. One is to give permission for your miraculous self to form and give it permission for it to be in charge of the process we're about to do. Because your inner wisdom and spirit will know what to do and how to do it. And when people do this, resistance may come up. You know, the what about this? You know, maybe I can't do it right. Maybe I won't do it right. Maybe I'm not worthy. Da, 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 da. And if resistance comes up, I'd like people to treat it the same using the skill you learned when you were a teenager, if not younger. And teenagers learn how to listen to somebody and go, uh-huh, and ignore them. <laughs> not fight them, but just your parents telling you, be sure to blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, you're nodding. I heard you. And I'm not going to do it, but I heard you. You know, so you're not even fighting it. So if any resistance comes up, just acknowledge it. 
take a couple easy deep breaths and just pretend. Don't worry if it's really happening. Pretend that your miraculous self is forming right now. Because if you pretend it's happening, it will happen. And give your miraculous self 100% permission to be in charge of this process. And then I want to ask your miraculous selves to scan your energy field and identify any energy in your energy field that isn't yours, that your miraculous self wants you to let go of right now. Not because it's good or bad or right or wrong, because it's not yours and your miraculous self doesn't want it. And just let your miraculous self scan your whole body and the energy field in and around your body. And then the easiest way to access spiritual and unconscious abilities is to use metaphors and symbols and analogies. And pretty much everybody, when they were a child, played with a magnet. So it's in your unconscious mind. Is a magnet is this thing that has energy. And when you were a kid, you held up a magnet and you held up a pin. And all you had to do was let go of the pin and boom, it would go to the magnet. All you have to do is let go. So imagine out in front of you is an energy magnet. And just pretend that it's there. And then give that magnet permission to work with your miraculous self and to clear the front of your body and the front of your energy field. And just pretend now that energies are flowing out to it. And don't try to figure out what they are. Just let them go. They can be old emotions of yours, other people's emotions, thoughts, beliefs. Just whatever goes easily. Don't force anything. And then take that magnet and imagine it drops down into the earth and that the earth just recycles that energy, which means either it turns the energy back into pure energy and does whatever it wants with it, or it gives the energy back to the person it belongs to. But the earth will figure that out. And then float a magnet up high above your head and give it permission to work with your miraculous self and to clear energies from your shoulder on up, going up above you at least nine feet, three meters. So your energy field is in and around your upper body. So your neck, your head, there's a lot of energy stuck inside of your head in what are called telepathic channels, in the forehead, in the back of the head. Energy stuck on the top of your head and right above it. And then people have energy centers or chakras that are up above your head. There are a number of them. And you don't need to consciously know where they are because your miraculous self knows all about them. So just let all those chakras release any energies you're ready to release now. And going out a few feet at least in every direction. And especially energies that interfere with your resilience, your optimism, your accountability, or your resourcefulness.
and we're not trying to get all of them, whatever goes easily, and drop that magnet into the Earth, let the Earth recycle the energy. And then we're going to do two more magnets. My favorite is put one way behind you and let it clear the back of your body and your energy field behind your body. Because a lot of energies literally hide behind your back and your, your, your knees and your, your abdomen, your chest, your head, your neck, your calves. Just let those energies flow off to the magnet. And then the last magnet, put it in the earth and let it clear from the base of your spine down through your legs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, your feet, going down at least a meter, three feet below your feet, and going all around your legs. Put that your whole energy field in and around your lower part of your body. Let it be cleared now. And the earth will recycle those energies. And you never want to just clear energy. You always want to fill back up. So imagine a gold ball of energy floating above your head. And let your miraculous self use that to retrieve your energy from where you scattered it. So it isn't just that other people's energy is in your energy field. Your energy, you leave it all over the place. You leave it in work and clients and friends, family, loved ones. Let your miraculous self pull back your energy into the gold ball. You leave some of it in the past. You stick some of it out in the future. Bring it back to the present. And let the gold ball clean up your energy, make it sparkling. And let it send your authentic energy back down into your body. And into your energy field. And also ask your miraculous self to bring more of your true essence into your body and energy field. And if there's any space left in your body or energy field, just ask your miraculous self to fill it with gold energy. Because gold energy is a very neutral spiritual energy. It's kind of like food. You can do what you want with it. So you want to make sure your entire body and energy field is filled with energy. And this is a simple process. If those of you who want to, you can do it on your own. I'll just, the steps are real simple. You put your miraculous self in charge and you give it 100% permission to be in charge. You do four magnets, one in front of you that clears the front of your body and the front of your energy field. Drop that into the earth and let the energy recycle. A magnet high above you, it clears from your shoulders, through your neck, your head, your forehead, the inside of your head, your skull, the top of your head, all around your head going up at least nine feet, three meters. Drop that into the earth. One behind you that clears the back of your body and energy field. You drop that into the earth. 
and a fourth and last magnet in the earth that clears from your base of your spine down through your legs and feet, going down at least another three feet or meter below your feet and all around you. And then at the end, you put a gold ball of energy above your head. Your maraca self retrieves your energies from where you scatter it, cleans up your energy, sends them back to you, brings in more of your essence, and fills up any space that's left with gold energy. That's, wow, that, that was really amazing and really excellent. Thank you so much, Art, for taking us through that. So how can people get in contact with you? Um, several ways. So um, my website, they can get to by uh, energeticnlp.com. But the easy way is just to go ENLP for energetic NLP, luckynumber7.com. So ENLP7.com. If they want to learn more, uh, to review this energy process and learn two more, they can go to enlp3.com and there's a webinar where I'll teach them three really essential energy processes. And if they're really interested, I do a discovery sessions for people where they can look at where they are in their life, where they want to be and what it will take to get there and look at is karma blocking their spiritual contracts and, and you know, look at, the whole picture if they want to apply for one of those sessions and those sessions are free but you do have to apply they can go to um uh enlp discovery session.com okay excellent thank you so much thank you art for being with us today and sharing all that really great information with us well thank you for having me and thank you for doing these wonderful podcasts i, I know you're really helping a lot of people so thank you for that Thank you for joining us today as we learn happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.